This is the podcast for Indelible, a documentary project in progress for the week of February 20th, 2019. So it's been a very long time since I did a podcast. Um, I was beginning to wonder if I ever would do another podcast or do anything else related to this project. Um, it's just, uh, things sort of came to a head in December and I became, um, I wanted to survive, I guess I just, is what I want to say. I wanted to survive. Um, I wanted to thrive again. I wanted to, um, be, (laughs) um, if that makes any sense. And I wanted the person who, who I call the kid survivor who sits in federal prison, I wanted him to thrive. I wanted him to survive. And um, I started to question whether that was even going to ever be possible for um, him to survive and thrive or for me to thrive and survive. And I wasn't sure... um, I wasn't sure about what moving forward in this project meant in the bigger picture. And so I just sort of sat with that for a while and I continued to um, try to exist in my daily life. Um, Under continued pressure, there's been a lot of financial pressure and... um, A person said to me recently, they said uh, that I was in a precarious situation and was this project really so important that I couldn't just drop it? And I thought that was a really good good question. And I thought, you know, I hadn't used or thought of the word for my situation or the definition of precarious before. I mean, I knew I was in a precarious situation, but I didn't. I hadn't applied that word to it before. So um, I had been asked to reply about that. Um, and so I thought another three days about it. And I really, I had been in, getting increasingly uncomfortable um, just being at a standstill with a project. I was starting to feel sick. I was starting to have a lot of pain. I was starting to um, just sort of generally um, feel like something was wrong. And um, I I knew that I was holding back a lot. When if you hold back a lot, sometimes your body will tell you that, you know, hey, you can't do that anymore. And so I was starting to feel that pressure as well as the precariousness, we'll just use that word, of my situation was also increasing. So in the past three days, I have, you know, just really thought I couldn't really move much because I had a lot of pain. Um, I was really worried about the the former kid and the fact how little justice he's getting in his uh, legal case um, being held past the expiration of his sentence. I, you know, I was worried about his survival. Some people that I knew um, had died recently. One, the, um, in sort of unexpected ways. Um, one being the person who wrote an article on this project. 
in February 2016. Um, another person who's uh, the former cellmate of uh, of Carl Harp also died um, in really um, what appear to be natural causes, but on paper, but from my witnessing of the events, I, I really, I, I can't say for sure. And then um, someone else um, who I cared about as well. So all of these people just all of a sudden mysteriously started dying. And, you know, I, that also added to stress. So, you know, um, after what happened in December, um, I just, you know, I really, I was, I was just getting, it was just, overwhelming so anyway so I took my time and I thought and I took care of myself I uh, changed my diet I started to get a lot healthier and um, stronger and so I wanted to share with you what I um, wrote regarding my project Um, one of the questions that I had been asked was because I am someone who has experienced multiple traumas since I was a young person. Um, was this was my interest in doing this project just you know um, a situation where trauma gets stacked onto trauma, so where I you know I experience trauma, so then I go towards other people's trauma to kind of you know make a relationship to my trauma sort of like a, an expression of my own frustration with my own trauma. And um, so I did address that as well. So, so here we go. Yes, trauma gets stacked upon by trauma. But this is not necessarily a bad thing. It has been merely a refining of my path. And I can openly say that my traumas were always balanced with the receiving of something beautiful. This is truthful and not sugarcoating. I woke this morning remembering some people I have loved deeply, and I remembered, wait, they appeared during that terrifying time, and it was true. My experience in 2009, a trauma, led me to be able to see the way history was being distorted of what happened to a young man who my father had researched and interviewed on his own, even after being told to stop his research. If I had not had my experience, my trauma, my smear, I would not have noticed the patterns of a smear in the media about the subject of my father's research almost 40 years after his death. This subject was targeted and murdered in prison, and that's Carl Harp, after his diary was published, and it received much attention. And I realized the notebooks my father hid in his car in 1975, just before his death, which contained this research, should be revisited. And this began my research in 2014. Is this story so important to continue, especially in my quote-unquote precarious position? I realized that for me, 
in part, this is about, quote-unquote, stolen youth. Kids in poverty often encounter offers, really demands, by adults who wish to exploit them. The offers to girls most often involve sex. The offers to boys most often involve training with violence or military-like arms for various purposes. What I did not know and did not expect to learn was for boys who encounter these quote-unquote offers that those making the offers are often our most esteemed authorities and that they are made for less than honorable reasons. The man my father had cared about was one of 33, and the survivor I found sitting in federal prison was number 34. All of these former kids were from poverty and all from the same area of California. All were targeted to be trained before the age of 15. All without parental consent. And then I learned that this training, which resulted in shootings, including one of the first public sniper shootings, my dad's research, was by design. In the same way the girls are trafficked for sex to powerful men, and I know that some boys are also trafficked, I'm not unaware of that, but most often... The girls are trafficked for sex to powerful men. The boys are used as disposable scapegoats in public crimes or illegal war efforts. And this was, is, continuing. I saw the same patterns in the increased school and public shootings. These named shooters had similar training and life experiences as the kids in the research I was doing. And I could also, um, the Las Vegas shooter was also had a had some similar um, background history to these former kids, which it will be hard for you to find that, but it's there. Yet the public story was being controlled to only say they were lone wolf incidents, which was the same smear told about the kids in my story. It is easier to understand these days and to be outraged about the wrongful act of sex trafficking preteen or early teen girls in poverty, but it is harder to understand or believe the wrongful recruitment and exploitation of young teen boys to be used in acts of public violence whose lives are then discarded either through death or by being buried in prisons illegally. In the girls' stories, there are more people, including law enforcement and courts, who are willing to investigate and stop some rings associated with powerful people. In the case of the boys being exploited, there is no such willingness. And I believe this is because of the ties of this training to the military is just like male priests being protected for raping young boys, the mil- military officers, leaders, 
and special forces personnel form a kind of secret society, and the police and courts know it is a fraternity, and they never cross the line of betraying a brother, even if it involves the murder or exploitation of a kid. My experience and that of my father, as well as others, tells me this fraternity will not allow the story to be told for the reasons above. These past three years, as I have communicated with the survivor, the former kid, I have had many images of him at age 14 before his training. He was a natural athlete, and I often imagine him thriving on an ocean beach, doing long jumps and running in the misty air before his training. This image is very strong for me now. Had someone intervened, but no, his youth was stolen. And in the stealing of his youth, others died each decade until we have an epidemic of shootings. And most believe it merely has to do with mental illness or guns. No one knows it has to do with stolen or exploited youth by esteemed authorities. And no one will likely know in the future. But I know now. What do you do when you know something that is wrong? And then you learn it will never be told. Just like we know that in the medical field, there, isn't, there is often complicitness in not healing patients because of pressure by pharmaceutical companies. Sometimes something will leak out or someone will leave and try to help offer a better solution for as long as they can. This seems to be the best solution given the complexity and dangers. So for me, perhaps that is the best solution to offer a better solution for as long as I can to contribute to a better solution. But I think this would have to involve stopping the pipeline of kids into this recruitment. And there are so many vulnerable kids being isolated from parents. As in my research, these kids were often targeted in youth correctional facilities and foster care, but sometimes in parks. And so, since I am only one person... I have to find a way to express what I know in small ways and to support the survivor so his voice might be preserved and so he might experience an intention that is not based on exploitation. I have one more paragraph, but I think I'll just let it go at that. So that is the first of the first podcast that I have done in several months after a lot of thinking. I guess it is to say that I am still here and I'm still thinking and I'm still learning. I'm percolating. (laughs) And um, I'm percolating from a precarious place. And we'll see what happens.